Everybody says we're not live. I did the the reuse thing. I, I mean, Fuck, we're, we're losing five minutes here. We got to get it going. Well, I'll stop talking and let Melissa figure it out. Okay, I think it's gonna go through. Sorry, cutting this live stream right now. Hey, here we are. Are we live on YouTube now? I mean, we are. My God, it even caught Jimmy bitching about us missing five minutes. Yeah. What's up, you guys? Sean and do me Ryan. a favor, Sean. This time, don't go back and edit it afterwards. Just leave it. Anything. In okay. fact, I'm just going to completely abandon the website immediately <laughs> after this podcast. Uh-huh. I told you. I got plans tomorrow. I got shit to do. But anyway, because nobody on YouTube saw it, put me over. Oh, yeah. Everybody missed that. Unless <laughs> <laughs> they're watching on Twitter. I, I uh, want to say this, based on what I'm seeing, by the way, I'm going to stand up for Melissa. This looks like a YouTube screw-up to me. Really? really? Yeah, it looks like if it, a if it is, then Melissa, I apologize for shitting on you. It, it looks very much like a YouTube so you screw-up. You say a YouTube screw-up. Does that mean you screwed up the YouTube part of the setup? Ah, I doubt it. I doubt it. I we didn't have an entire feud predicated on the fact that I screwed things up. Fair. Kentucky Internet is a, a literal sign in your disc. Hey, you know what? I'm waiting for Jimmy Van to just you know, be like, you know what? Instead of the House of Horrors, I'll take that money and I'll put a down payment on a house for you, Sean. Just just so your internet will be great. Put a down payment on a house where? <laughs> Lexington, Kentucky. Duh. What's the average price of a house in Lexington, Kentucky? I'm looking at ones between 125 to 150 And what's your house worth currently? This one? Yeah. The one I'm on a land contract on, like fifty seven. It's we got 57, this dirt fifty seven thousand? Yeah, we got this dirt cheap in like years and years ago. My family So did. you sell that, that's a solid down payment on a new house. It's not mine to sell. I thought your mom gave it to you. No, it's a land contract. Oh people don't just give each other houses out here. That's not what does that mean, work. land contract? Explain. What does that mean? You you can work towards owning it, but it is a rental situation. Rent to own? Rent to own? Yeah, basically. I mean, they do rent to own houses in, in Ewing, Kentucky? Not often. Like I said, the house is in my family, Jimmy. So so is your contract with your mother? Yeah. So why doesn't she just sell it? for you or give it to you and then you can sell it. I don't know. It. It's not mine. How the fuck should I know, Jimmy? Why are we talking about this on the Use air? Use your words. I'm making a down payment for a house or I'm not breaking any more stories. I'm trying to wheel and deal on your behalf, Sean. You might need a nudge in the right direction. I can get that done. Uh, Jimmy, as you may know, my wife is in school right now. I understand. She's not working. I understand. So for me to say, you know what? I'm going to sell this house that isn't mine. <laughs> that may seem a little bit out of the realm. I thought I thought your mom had given it to you, so I guess I misunderstood. Oh God, no, I wish. I wish the rent-to-own concept. I, I'm very fortunate in the situation I'm in. Uh, but I'm not that fortunate. I still pay a nice amount for this as is. All right. Well, before YouTube fucked everything up, I was sending condolences to the family of Les Thornton, uh, who died at the age of 84 in Calgary. Uh, there's, a, uh, there's a trivia note about Les Thornton. Do you remember in 86... When the British Bulldogs beat the living piss out of a rookie McFoley yeah. on W television, Les Thornton was his tag team partner in that match. Yeah, I remember. And and because Les Thornton was one of these guys, you know, he was one of these legitimately tough, uh, technically sound shooter type guys. And because he was also from England, the Bulldogs respected him. And so if you watch that match, the Bulldogs gave him offense. And they yeah. sold for him. Meanwhile, Mick Foley's in the ring. Mick Foley throws a, a, a back elbow flush at Davy Boy Smith, and Davy Boy Smith doesn't flinch when Mick Foley throws that shot, and they just yeah. annihilated him. So that's that trivia note. People um, calling me thrifty in the chat now. Thanks. Good yeah. job, Jimmy. Well, Good I guess job, it's Jimmy. kind of. I wanted, I wanted my personal real estate news out there for the world. It's all right. We didn't talk numbers. Like, I don't know what you're paying every month. We very much did talk numbers. (laughs) I don't know what you pay. I don't know what you pay. Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this. this. That's why I'm telling you to to get the down payment going. Let's get the down payment. (laughs) Can I ask you a question in general terms? So because it's rent to own, does that mean that every month when you pay your rent? No desire to own it. No desire to actually own it. It But are you not putting money towards the purchase of it? Kind of. It's 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 very it's a land contract, quote unquote. Yeah. Very loose. Oh. Uh, she and Kara and I have always like been under under the understanding it won't be that. It is practically a rental. But very interesting, very yeah. different. Okay. Yeah. So uh, another week, another Sean Ross Sab Twitter battle. 
And uh, <laughs> I want I want to tell the story on there because this is this some of our listeners might find this interesting. So there are certain guys that run certain pro wrestling news websites, right? And these websites, they're not necessarily reputable. They don't break any stories. They don't have any insiders. Uh, they basically just kind of aggregate. They take news from other sources. Sometimes they rewrite them and pretend that it's their own. That's what a lot of these guys do. We've seen several situations. We talked off air about a few of them. We've seen several situations where some of these guys, they'll buy like really shitty traffic, cheap traffic. Yeah. Uh, or they'll buy social media likes. Because then they go on social media and they brag about their numbers because they're trying to put over their own popularity. Uh, and we've seen this on several occasions. There was one particular guy, Sean was going back and forth with this guy. And I'm always telling Sean, stop responding. There's no benefit. Stop doing it. No, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. So I'm always telling him, just stop responding. There's no benefit. Melissa is our web analytics guru. And she can very easily spot, you know, traffic patterns and trends that look suspect and user engagement issues. And she's good at spotting that stuff. So she happened to tell us yesterday, she's like, a percentage of this guy's traffic is from Turkey, which is not exactly a mecca for professional wrestling. So it's very then, good for you, though. Turkey is very good. Very, very lean. Protein, very lean. There you go. Very lean. Good protein. So I went and I, I Googled Turkish professional wrestler, <laughs> and I found this guy that goes. That his, his wrestling name is Murat Vosporis. Put up that picture. That's who that. Yeah, that's is. who that is. <laughs> this is Murat Vosporis. He's a Turkish German wrestler. He's uh, going to be forty this year, five six. So he's a shorter guy, but two hundred forty pounds. You're lucky when you typed in Turkish wrestler, you didn't <laughs> pop up to Turkish oil wrestling. Uh, I, I saw some of those and I chose to avoid it. Oh boy. So I found Murat. And so what I did was I told Sean this one time I'm going to post one thing and I'm not posting nothing else. I'm not responding to anything else, but I had to have fun with the Turkish thing. So I posted one thing kind of shitting on this guy's traffic quality and then saying, by the way, you, you got to speed on Turkish traffic. So if anybody wants to read up about Murat Bosporus, <laughs> that's the site for you. So that was the latest one. But other than that, I'm always telling Sean, don't respond to these guys. There's no benefit. I did that one time because it was funny. Well, my only reply was because they were using similar web as a metric. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, I have literally, I used to check that site. And Melissa, how many times have I sent that to you saying, is I this know, accurate? Yes, a lot. A lot and you time. said, <laughs> you were like, hell no, that's not accurate. Also, Fightful Select. Anything that goes through Fightful Wrestling, MMA, boxing, or forum, that forum.fightful.com, not there. Right. Libsyn traffic, not there. Right, right, right. They also had Wrestling Inc. and WrestleZone's numbers, and I'm like, well, no Wrestling Inc.'s wrong. I worked there before. I know WrestleZone's wrong because they're a subsite of Mandatory.com now, right. so that traffic is skewed. Like there were a lot. That's all. I was just like, hey, not accurate for us. Maybe it is for you. It doesn't even really matter. Deep yeah, it doesn't even really matter. It, it's, it's funny because I think at one point he said, I'll bet you 10 grand I beat you guys in web traffic or something. And I'll be honest with you, Sean. For a minute, I thought to myself, you know what? I'll just tell the, the, the crew to buy a bunch of cheap traffic and we'll bury this fool. $10,000 worth of cheap traffic. Oh, I, I, I would have spent 100 grand to prove a point. <laughs> but then I thought, ah, it's just not, there's no benefit. No. And that's why I told Sean not to respond and to him. And then so. Jimmy was like, you know what? I'm going to get him out of his, his rent-to-own house. <laughs> I'm going to put a down payment down. Out of place in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, after Rick graduates, I guess. The other story that came up this week, I think this was on the weekend. Sean Ross Sapp hits, hits me up, uh, and he goes, uh, one of our T-shirts got pulled from the Pro Wrestling Tea Store, and it was this shirt. Put up the picture of this shirt, Melissa. <laughs> yeah, Pro Wrestling T-Shirt. This is our point oh. at the fucking signed T-shirt. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. And so, obviously, you know the reference to WWE and WrestleMania and all that. I uh, I said to Sean, well, hit up Pro Wrestling Tees and ask him why. Why was it pulled? And what did Pro Wrestling Tees tell you, Sean? They told us that Ronda Rousey's lawyer hit them with a C and D, a cease and desist order, claiming it looked too much like her. Now, I told Sean this uh, and Melissa this. I've been on both sides of C and Ds before. And so I can kind of I, – I smell bullshit in certain yes. instances. This is one of them where I smell bullshit. And so I said to them, I'm going to call my IP lawyer. I have an intellectual property lawyer. I'm going to call my IP lawyer and see if this is bullshit. So I did. And here's what he told me. He said, it's a stretch to suggest that this is misappropriation of personality. He said, all you got to do is a quick Google search. Pointing to the sign is a common occurrence in WWE, including male and female talent. And he said, to suggest that Ronda Rousey has a monopoly on any silhouette of a female pointing to the sign is overreaching. But... 
like everything else, how often do I tell you, Sean, benefit versus risk? Yeah, I always talk sure. about benefit versus risk. My IP lawyer goes, uh, you selling a lot of those shirts, are you? <laughs> and I said, no, not really. Yeah. And he said, well, then change the stupid image. If you're not losing a bunch of revenue, just change the stupid image. So we're going to come up with some new ideas. We talked about them off the air. And, and, yeah, uh, I, wanted, I wanted Melissa pointing at the sign. That's, that's not a bad I idea. I was thinking like your head on the other body or okay, but we'll figure okay. something out. We'll figure. Yeah, we got out. a couple new designs coming up, and we got some stuff in the works that I'm, I talked about on the Fightful Report podcast on Fightful Select as well. But right, yeah, uh, it was it was a fairly popular shirt among Select subscribers. Whenever we would uh, ask which one they would want after their six months uh, of, of subscribing, uh, yeah. they would oftentimes pick that. Now it's a collector's item until we bring it back in our own store, which I'll probably do at some point. But uh, that's that. So uh, this week on the Post Smackdown podcast, and I loved how you kind of called it, Sean, because you know how the internet is. So you kind of called it. On the Post Smackdown podcast, Sean Ross told a couple of stories about Randy Orton and the Usos related to All Elite Wrestling. And as soon as you said them, you were like, look on Twitter, Google Randy Orton AEW, or search uh, Randy Orton AEW. People are already kind of misconstruing what I said. Tell everybody what you've heard about Randy Orton and the Usos and AEW and all that. Yeah, another thing that I expand on big time on the FIFA Report podcast, subscribe. But yesterday, WrestleVotes on Twitter, I'm, I'm going to go see their, tw- their tweet verbatim. That way I don't misrepresent anything. The tweet that they put out was, quote, Seems like the real first shot has been fired. Source says AEW has made an outstanding offer to a current big-time WWE superstar. An offer that is almost too good to turn down. Things are really about to get interesting. I then hit up AEW, who told me, a source within AEW said, we're not interested in tampering. We're not going to do that. The approach that we're going to take is original and independent. What you are likely seeing there, because I sent that tweet. They said, is likely a star trying to leverage or their agent trying to leverage more money from WWE. I asked around backstage. I was like, hey, is this true? Is it not? Keep in mind, after I I was given info that this name was, quote, bigger than Nakamura or Sasha Banks, because those were the two guesses I threw out there. I was like, who is bigger than Nakamura on SmackDown? It's Mm -hmm. like, well, my immediate thoughts, AJ, Brian, well, it's not them. And someone told me Randy Orton has talked openly backstage about his willingness to speak with AEW. Not that he was offered a contract. I don't know if he was, wasn't. I don't have any information about that. He has expressed his willingness backstage to people that he would talk to AEW. He would, he would be open to it. Now, did, did I even think about that? Hell no. I would never even imagine you never hear interest on ROH's behalf for Randy Orton or Randy's going. (laughs) They would never even think about it. They would never Never, even think he's available, right? Never, never consider it. No. So uh, that that's what I reported. Anybody saying that I said he was offered a contract is right. fucking lazy and didn't watch the video in which I isolated to give people the benefit of not having to watch our awesome podcast on Tuesday. <laughs> but I did that. Yeah. And uh, the Usos have not re-signed. I don't know when their deals are up. I know that WWE wants to get them signed. I was just told the Usos have not re-signed. Before any of you all ask me anything about Naomi... I do not know what Naomi's contract is. I don't know when it expires. don't know when Usos expire. I know WWE wants to get the Usos signed for obvious reasons because they're awesome and Jimmy Van really likes their promos. Oh, they're the greatest. Because we had Some of the greatest of all time in the company. Lockdown! Melissa, Melissa wasn't, wasn't ready. No, I wasn't ready. I mean, let me just say this. I, I When it comes to Randy Orton, I think exactly what you suggested. I think it's leveraging. Randy Orton's not going anywhere. And, and, and even though I realize the cons have a lot of money and they gave Jericho, we, we estimate three million a year and all that kind of stuff. Randy Orton already makes a really healthy downside on a part-time basis. Uh, and he's also, you can talk about how he's a lifer and all that, which is true. I mean, his dad was a WWE wrestler. Randy Orton essentially grew up in the WWF locker room. He's known Mr. Man since he was a little kid. I just don't see it happening. He's comfortable where he is. He's part-time. He makes a shitload of money. He's one of the highest-paid guys in the company on a part-time basis. How often do we expect AEW to run? I mean, ROH, as I looked at it, had 55 dates last year. Yeah. Them. And they are they're offering at least we know 150 grand to people like Roosh and people you know, they 
to those guys. Now, yeah. Randy Orton makes a hell of a lot more than that. Oh, yeah. I mean, he would, to, to even consider it, he would probably want the Jericho deal. Probably. And, yeah. and you know, we, we talked about this before. You know, AEW's got to be careful they don't turn into WCW. They've got to be careful that they don't have this massive payroll expense. So, and and you and I talked off the air a little bit. I understand that Randy Orton might bring some eyeballs that they don't necessarily already have. Yeah. But to me, the pros and cons, what you're paying them versus what he's going to bring, I don't see it. And so uh, I think it's just leveraging. That's all it is. Hopefully along with the cons... All Elite Wrestling has some pros to handle this business. But, I mean, okay, so I mentioned ROH is running 55 shows a year. Mm-hmm. And that includes when they tape, like, three, four shows in a night. Randy Orton worked, I think, 70 matches, or 73, 74 matches last year. Right. Not only that, the TVs that he didn't work, but he showed up one. Right. So Randy Orton's probably got 80, 90 dates. So, I mean, yeah. what... What is part-time to him on WWE schedule as compared to an all-elite wrestling? If they run 75 shows a year, he might have a better schedule. But it's it's all about money. and yeah. There's a lot of people I never thought. I never thought I would hear Okada's really frustrated with New Japan. But that's stuff I was hearing late last year. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. I never thought that Chris Jericho would go anywhere but WWE. Mm-hmm. If I was a kid, I would have never thought that Hulk Hogan would have went anywhere but WWF. But we'll see. Yeah. How, we'll see how it ends up. And I'm telling you, man, Jericho was also never positioned like Orton. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I do know that all elite wrestling is not interested in being like the oh a bunch of old WWE guys. But I'm sure that if they landed somebody too good to be true, and to be honest, Randy Orton. He's not that interesting to you and I, but you go to those live events and you hear everybody screaming. It's like, that's probably a segment of the audience they don't necessarily have yet. Yeah, it could be. It could be. I, I just don't. I'll believe it when I see it. What, what was the thing back in the day about Goldberg? There was, you know, Goldberg and right. AEW. There was some kind one of... Them, of the, one of them followed the other one on Twitter. That's all it was. Yeah. Because <sighs> the same thing happened where a bunch of people just ran with that ball. You know what I mean? PW Insider is reporting that the Usos deal is up in April. Like two months? Yeah. Just, just reported it. Interesting. Hmm. All right. So well, we'll see we what go. happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, now, obviously, Randy Orton is not officially signed with AEW. Obviously, the Usos have not signed with AEW. Some guys have. And we've again talked on this show about uh, how I don't understand why you would sign a guy but let him continue working somewhere else. I don't get it, yeah. especially especially when you're investing all this money and you're hoping to have a TV deal. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense at all. Jimmy Havoc, uh, the UK uh, independent hardcore style wrestler, AEW's announced that they've signed him. And then Court Bauer was asked on social media, so does that mean that he's done with MLW? And Court Bauer basically said no. And so that means that he's going to be like another MJF where he's going to work both. I don't get it. I know that you suggested with MJF, well, he'll work both until they get TV. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's the case. I mean, no one has said that's the case. If it is, fine. If it's not, I would not invest $1 in putting a guy on television if he's going to work someplace else and you risk that injury. I would not do it. Wouldn't invest I, $1. Man, I'm, I'm having a hard tr- time understanding this whole thing, too. I mean, the mm-hmm. Lucha Brothers... MLW talks about how they had people committed through a certain amount of time, and then we hear that somebody else has got him. And I don't know if what the, I haven't been able to watch the MLW show yet, so I don't know what's a work about the Lucha Brothers thing. And I was going to ask you that next. That was my next thing. Yeah, if that's real or not, because all they said was a handshake deal. Well, I, I actually reached out to MLW before the show, and they're like, "Oh, we'll let you know some more after." And then all that stuff unfolded. Haven't talked to them yet. I'm going to, right? Uh, but. It's, I, I was going to wait until after tomorrow anyway because I, I figure I'll have more questions for MLW after the AEW rally or whatever they're doing tomorrow, the AEW thing, than I right. would today. So. Right, right. Okay, and then there's Ring of Honor. They're trying to stay in the mix, of course, through all this. So they announced that they've signed PJ Black, who was uh, formerly Justin Great Gabriel. They re-signed Ian Riccoboni, who's the, the commentator, to a multi-year deal. Uh, and a massive signing for them. They say Brian uh, Malonis, who's uh, the tag partner of Beer City Bruiser. How much help does the Beer City Bruiser need? <laughs> uh, I guess he needs him long enough for a one-year contract. That's apparently what they gave him. Yeah. So good for all those guys, man. 
Yeah, Malone was supposed to get signed anywhere else. Beer City Bruiser had some interest, but yeah. um, good good for them. PJ Black, thirty, he'll be thirty eight this year, which is wild to think. He was yeah. the twenty seven, twenty eight year old or twenty six, twenty seven year old prospect in Nexus back in the day. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I always loved the idea that he pitched for the bunny. I, when I, I had interviewed him, that was one of the best fun ideas. For those of you who don't uh, haven't heard the story, uh, I, can't, I can't remember if it was me or somebody I transcribed for. Justin Gabriel's PJ Black said that he had pitched WWE the idea that Adam Rose's bunny would be in hardcore matches and jump off of stuff and do all these crazy stunts. And then they would just find him backstage one day, passed out, liquor bottle next to him, and the mask was off, and it was Vince McMahon the whole time. <laughs> I was like, that would be hilarious. It would have been. It would have been great. It would have got over. Yeah. You know? And yeah. Then, then you absolutely you drop it, and Vince isn't on TV for months after that. Right. I mean, it'd, it'd just be something fun. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Why not? It could have. Uh, should we talk about The Undertaker now, or do you want to do yeah, let's go. let's go ahead and talk about it. All right, so whoever's managing his Twitter and his Instagram accounts, I guess it's a company called Get Engaged Media. They pulled they pulled all references to WWE from his account. Here's a look at what his Twitter looks like now. Put that up, Melissa. Mm-hmm. So there you see on the left side, no more references to WWE. It says official page of the dead man. They've got an email address there. And I think on his Instagram, they also had a website link. Uh, and he's accepting booking. Sean was joking with me. He's like, hey, do you want to book The Undertaker for the list of your boy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think too much of it. I mean, he's not a full-time WWE guy. They still own the IP, The Undertaker. You know, mm-hmm. imagine. They probably still own the IP, The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. They're just not using him. He wrestles, you know, once a year. Maybe if he does the Saudi shows, he wrestles three times a year. He's dropped the the whole, you know, protective of my character yeah. and following kayfabe. He's dropped all that, uh, and so he's more willing to do speech, public speeches and interviews and stuff now. Otherwise, I don't think too much of it. I've seen guys online, oh my goodness, The Undertaker's done with WWE. I don't think so. And as a matter of fact, if you look at that Get Engaged Media's website, they work with WWE. They had stuff yeah. with Ric Flair on there. and Well, so. I, I know the game he's playing. He's trying to end up on a Fightful podcast with me. <laughs> because go. like Shane Helms, like Matt Riddle, wants, he wants the shine. He wants the rub. I mean, yeah. my God. We, we let Deanna Perrazzo write for us once. All of a sudden, she's... In WWE, Elias does a podcast with us, top 15 UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. Frank Trick does a podcast. All of a sudden, he's refing UFC in fights. UFC. Come on. I mean, geez. Matt Riddle. Yeah. It's just. <sighs> Taker was like, I really need to get a new contract. This is a return <laughs> of my calls. Let's do a podcast with Sean Ross Sapp because that'll get his attention. I mean, maybe they're sending out feelers. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah, I- I, I don't. I just don't think much of it, and everybody is making a big deal out of it. I don't think it's something. His rate. I would What's love that? to find out his rate. <laughs> There's well, no budget for it. He's Tom. doing that UK tour with. Uh, is it inside the ropes? And they're yeah. doing like five dates or something. Oh, he's getting banked for that because they're selling tickets. So he's, he's getting banked for that. I'm like, hey but. man, just do a Skype call with me. That's it. He <laughs> might. He might do that. He might be open he to might. that. I would love to interview the Undertaker. That's like literally the one. I would like to just sit down the beginning of a day and just relentlessly ask him questions throughout that entire day. That's not going to happen. If if WWE did a month-by-month, year-by-year shoot interview series with The Undertaker, kind of like you know the timeline series that Kayfabe Commentaries does or the Pritchard podcast, it would do amazingly. Oh, yeah. I mean, he did that thing with that pastor. Yeah. And the pastor asked him a lot of inside stuff. I mean, he came off a bit like a bit of a mark type of personality, but he asked him quite a bit of inside stuff, and Taker was very open in answering everything, so yeah. it seems like he's a lot better now about that, and, and uh, again, talking about behind-the-scenes stuff, and so, Yeah, whatever, I, I would him. say that is my, that is a dream interview for me. That's your bucket list interview, The Undertaker? Oh, yeah, and I don't, I don't have a lot of wrestling-related bucket list stuff, but that's definitely one of them. Damn it, I'll work on it, man. We'll, 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 uh, we'll hit those Get Engaged Media up, see what we can set up for you. Yeah. We'll work on it. Well, Jimmy, I can't wait to hear your reaction to the first interview that we have. Now, what I'm going to start doing on UFC pay-per-view weeks, I'm going to let you all take a look at a couple of interviews that James Lynch does with UFC and MMA fighters because we have great crossover content. This week, 
James spoke to future Bellator title challenger John Fitch, and he also spoke to Luke Sanders, who some of you all may know as Becky Lynch's ex-boyfriend. We got a little bit of uh, background on John Fitch and why he didn't like pro wrestling and Luke Sanders and the Becky Lynch breakup. Take a look. I ended up having a, like a seven-month training camp, eight-month training camp. So I didn't want to do that again, so I've just been putting the gi on and rolling around. Okay. Um, one of your other teammates, uh, Deron Wynn, uh, is going to be making his debut soon. Uh, we're just waiting on a date. But uh, one thing I found interesting was that he was actually recruited for the WWE. Is pro wrestling something you'd ever uh, do to kind of complete the trifecta? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just can't. I couldn't. It's too silly. Okay. You know, it's too silly for me. Um, so you weren't a fan growing up, I take it? I was until I found out it was fake. Okay. Right? Gotcha. So I was a big fan. I thought it was awesome. Then I went to my first wrestling practice and I was like, what the hell? I was like, this isn't it's what I thought same, it was. Yeah. This, I was like, it's fake. And I was like, I was so mad. I'm kind of scarred by it. I was like, yeah. these guys lied to me. I went home, I had these little rubber dolls. Yeah. You know, wrestling guys. I cut their dicks off. <laughs> really? I went home and cut their dicks off. My mom thought I was like a weird psychopath, whatever. I was like, yeah. you're liars. You're not men. You're, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, what was so like who, who I was some of the eight, casualties? I was like eight years old, junkyard dog, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. Jeez. Like manhood taken away like yeah, that. Yeah, I was just like, you're not man, the Russian guy. I was like, this is all a lie. You guys made me believe that you were tough and men and fighting, and it was all fake. And <clears> I was pissed, and it took me a long time to get not pissed about it. Before I let you go, uh, I got to bring up something, and, and we talked a little bit about this off air. Uh, you know, I think it's well known that uh, you and uh, WWE wrestler uh, Becky Lynch are no longer together. Uh, was that yeah. part of the reason too for for the layoff as well, just to you know kind of sort out things outside the cage? Uh, no, not really, man. Uh, everything was cool when uh, when we separated. So it was just uh, mostly family stuff, man. And you know, with the, with my daughter and you know her. Uh, me taking her on full time at the end of the year after the last fight and uh just being the father and you know the the mom role all uh for you know at once so that took a lot of energy she travels a lot and does a lot of like extracurriculum uh activities so putting in that energy with her and like uh really um you know putting my all into that you know it was my opportunity to to do that you know i want her to know that you know that i got her forever and ever and uh so it was great and um now the the time is right and we got us a fight on our hands and we're uh just weeks away so and and just just one more thing on that quickly um you know did, did you expect her to get as big as she's gotten uh, you know the, the especially over the last year with ronda rousey and all this the stuff that's surrounding her like did you anticipate this just knowing her as long as you have yeah, you know, I always believed in her and always had, uh, you know, good vibes that she was going to do well and be well and always wish that for her. So I'm happy that she's uh, she's doing good things and she's where she needs to be. She's she's deserved it. So she's earned it. Good for her. So, Jimmy, the first off, we're going to approach the John Fitch thing. John Fitch, how are your, I mean, how are your nails looking, man? How are your nails looking? They're beautiful. They're clipped. Anyway. While that was playing, he was clipping his nails. I just and all I heard was clip, clip, clip. Good, good. You know that I, I am sanitary. Now let's talk about the important thing. John you Pitch. can't skip showers and then <laughs> clip your nails for hygiene, okay? We're going to do the show? Yeah, go ahead. Go We're ahead. We're going to do this fucking show now? We're done having fun. Anyway, We're done having fun. John Fitch fights Rory McDonald in the Bellator Welterweight Grand Prix. Have the full interview up on our MMA and boxing channel. Check it out. He was very clearly referring to LJN toys that he cut the dicks off of. Jimmy, you collect LJN toys, which begs the question, what are you doing with them? Uh, I'm not cutting off penises. First off, why do your toys have penises jimmy they have bulges i'm not judging <laughs> well you've Why? seen them you own a couple when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Couple of them. I don't. I don't own any of them. 
I thought you had Hillbilly Jim, no? I got a thumb wrestler. Oh, okay. I thought you had Hillbilly Jim. You don't play with his bulge. Not that I'm judging, Jimmy. I'm not here to judge about your bulge collection. You know what? All I'm going to tell you is this. I've told my wife before we had children, I told my wife, because you know that they're all in the packages, right? The LGNs that I have. They're all in the packages, and they're worth considerable money. And I, I told my wife, if you want to have children, if I come home one day and there's open packages on the floor, you're moving in with your mom. And so now she understands they're behind lock and key. John Fitch is not cutting the dicks off my LJNs. They're behind lock and key. And that's psychotic behavior, young age, Sean. If I was his parents, I'd be a little bit concerned. Well, he said his mom was, but... She should be. This begs the question, while I was busting your balls, I have never seen an LJN toy with a dick, which begs the question, what kind of toys did he really have? So I am going to tell you, you want a little insider LJN thing, Sean? Yeah, sure. Oh, boy. So Zach Ryder told me something a couple months ago. Okay. He told me that some of the LJN uh, producers, they used to make their own figures for fun, right? And they would use the same materials, and they would like paint them up and make them look all professional and the same molds and everything, but they would make their own for fun. Zack Ryder owns a naked Miss Elizabeth that is like completely... They added the certain, I'm not, I'm not even going to, you know, mention uh, specifics, but they added all the right paint colors in order to get the naked Miss Elizabeth, and Zack Ryder owns one of them, and I didn't believe it, and I saw a picture of it. Yeah. They made a naked Miss Elizabeth. That's this is a weird break, industry. It's kind of a breaking <laughs> news story, Jimmy. Yeah, they didn't sell it. They didn't sell it. Obviously. It wasn't, yeah, but they I know of at least two that exist because uh, I talked to him first, and then I talked to a guy that's a, a known collector in that space, and he owns one. And so I've seen pictures of two of them. So this begs the question, did it have a dick, or did John <laughs> Fitch cut it off first? He cut it off already, yeah. I think John Fitch got to it. His dick! <laughs> I've been waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, wow. no penis, no penis. But uh, that's basically what happened. Yeah, guys, check out YouTube.com/slash Fightful MMA Boxing. We have UFC 234 coming up this Saturday. We have a full preview podcast that is up now. Myself, Showdown Joe, and James Lynch. I'll be here after UFC 234. We have an interview with Israel Adesanya, who is in the co-main event fighting Anderson Silva. Lots of good stuff. And if you all aren't uh, visiting our live coverage and discussion. Hundreds, thousands of comments on each of our UFC live coverages. So show it some love. Let's talk about the uh, the bumpy road to WrestleMania. Yeah. Because it is not exactly getting off to a hot start. It's this is the Oregon Trail to WrestleMania. There you go. Somebody's going to die of syphilis along the way. It's <laughs> inevitable. It is looking like a one-match show. And they have had other years with one-match shows. Never, never have they had a show where that one match is a, is a women's match. Yeah, And that's basically what it's looking like right now. Because if you look at things, so Seth Rollins is currently injured. Uh, they expect to be back for Mania, but he's currently injured. AJ Styles is injured. They expect to be back for Mania, hopefully, but he's injured. Triple H is recovering from surgery. Won't Probably won't be working Mania. Roman Reigns is recovering from treatment. Probably won't be working Mania. So what you basically have right now is uh, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, because they are going to put Charlotte in the match, whether people like it or not. So the triple threat main event. Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins, Shane McMahon, The Miz, which I speculated was going to be a match from the tag team thing, and it's probably going to be. Outside of those, Sean, there's not a lot going on because Taker is a question mark this year, and, and hell, even if he does, he's you know not great in the ring anymore. Cena was going to do the Lars Sullivan thing, and then Lars Sullivan had the anxiety attack, and now who knows about that. It's really, they're not in a good way, Sean. Like, they're not. For the biggest show of the year, they don't have a lot going on. From a, uh, I don't know about a mental health standpoint, but I can tell you Lars Sullivan seems in good spirits. Uh, I hear he's doing okay, but no word on if he's he's coming in. Mm-hmm. They got to create something out of thin air because I don't know how many hot programs they have. It's rough. It's rough. They don't have a lot going on. And adding Charlotte to that match, we could go on and on about it if we want. It's a mistake. I understand why they're doing it. They want to have the whole, because Ronda's going to go away, so they want to have the whole, well, these two were the first main eventers of a WrestleMania. I get it. It's it's not what the fans want. And this has long been a problem with Vince McMahon, is he does not give the fans what they want. He gives them what he wants. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how it is. Now, let me ask you this question. How many tag team matches ballpark 
Do you think you've probably seen in your life, Sean? Oh, God. Thousands. Thousands. Mm-hmm. How many tag team matches do you think you've seen where the guy in the ring throws a punch at the guy on the apron and gets disqualified? Maybe one. You've Maybe seen, one. You've definitely seen Maybe. one. You've definitely Maybe. seen one. I'm just saying that because possibly. You saw one last Monday. Yeah, I sure did. And what the hell is this? So so I saw some of your stuff. Uh, who was it you were talking to that said uh, – you were talking to a wrestler that said that that's actually a rule that they just didn't use? Uh, Alex talked about how the, the rule is that they're, you're allowed one pin breakup. Yeah. No, um, but didn't, um, didn't a wrestler tell you that on in an interview or something? No, uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. has said that Davey on Boy an Smith interview. Jr. And I've, I've had it reiterated by several wrestlers, but they just never – they didn't enforce it and they didn't say it. But actually for a while <laughs> – they would enforce it, but they didn't tell people. Nobody knew the rule. I don't recall them ever enforcing it. I don't recall the DQ because the well, guy hit the... Well, they didn't DQ people. They just had wrestlers work under the psychology of that was the rule, but didn't tell anybody. Yeah, man. <sighs> I'll send you the interview, actually. The problem with this, I mean, number one, not only was it dumb because it came up like they're protecting Baron Corbin and nobody gives a shit about Baron Corbin, like I say every week. That's number one. Number two, they are never going to be consistent with that rule. Never. They're never going to be consistent with that rule. They have at least two tag matches per show between the men and the women. At least two. They're never going to be consistent. It's the dumbest, stupidest thing. I think that rules are... I went off on it so much in the Royal Rumble because I hated that. The landing on the back and all that stuff. And, and fucking people are like, oh, you hate fun. I'm like, my God, you bury the refs. What good is any WWE ref after you do that? After a WWE ref looks at Kofi Kingston flat on his back underneath another person and says he's still in the Rumble. When Casey Catanzaro is out of the Royal Rumble by every standard that we've seen in the last 32 years. Right. 30, including like raw Royal Rumbles and stuff. We're talking over 40 different kinds of Royal Rumble matches. That has always yeah. been an elimination. Yeah. Now it's not. She's the first person out of over a 1,000 people to be yeah. so smart to think about that. Right. Bullshit. It was it, bad. It and was. when I was a kid and I got thrown off my couch by my cousin, I threw my feet up in the air and said, I'm still in it, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work like that. No. I was out then. She was yep. out then. She was out now. Rules you know are what? important to wrestling. We, we've talked about this before when people say, uh, oh, you don't like fun. <laughs> I like pro wrestling when I can suspend my disbelief. When I can make, and when it makes sense. And when it makes sense, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, not that I'm trying to be a downer and I'm not trying to nitpick every segment, but I want to be able to suspend my disbelief and get into the match. That's when I like it. And when you see the stupid shit, that's when you can't get into it because you're just thinking how dumb it is. And, uh, and, the, and the, the tag match on, on Monday was just really dumb. It was a really bad finish. I uh, just didn't like it. And again, I just don't see how they're going to be consistent with that. But I guess it is what it yeah, is. Yeah, man. It's just uh, – I, I said I would love every week, like, you get a Charles Robinson, you get Mike Coyote, you get Jason Ayers, you get one of these refs to stand in front of a camera and explain why something happened or why it didn't happen. Randy Orton slammed uh, Mustafa Ali on the announce table. Why isn't that a DQ? Right. Why is it when Jeff Hardy got slammed onto the stairs face first? That's not a DQ, but if Daniel Bryan would have picked up the stairs, it is. Is it an environment issue? Right. Have them show up once a week, once a month on WWE and explain this stuff. It it makes your your audience base smarter, and then you can write a smarter show. But I just think there's an incredible amount of laziness in that regard. I'm sure that some of those people would love to do that yep. if, if it helped the show. Laziness and stupidity. Honest Stupid People, Melissa. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> All right, TrevorStrong.org. Thanks for the use of the stupid song. What do I say every week, Sean? I think I paid him for the right to not have to thank him. For, for You think so? I think I paid him enough. Okay, yeah. maybe, maybe I'll let it go. Maybe I'll let I mean, it, go. it was tax deductible, but... It was also Canadian dollars, right? Yeah, but I mean, it was. I got reamed of my taxes this year, so hey, don't talk to I, me about don't I, talk to me about taxi, Sean. Yeah, that's true. Not the right yeah. guy. <laughs> Not the right guy. All right, this first one was reported by the Omaha World Herald on February second. These are so good, Sean, and I say it every week. These are so good. 
Uh, and I got three more after this. Stupid people extended on uh, Fightful Select. So yeah. there's a, 20, a 21-year-old woman in Nebraska, Sean. Her name's Samantha Kirshner. Okay? okay. She had a jealous competition going on with her half-sister. Okay? Samantha Kirshner. Yeah. They wanted to see who could have sex first with a 39-year-old man named Travis Fieldgrove. Okay? So Samantha and her sister, little competition. Who can have sex first with 39-year-old Travis Fieldgrove? Samantha won the contest and was the first one to sleep with Mr. Fieldgrove. Little problem with the whole situation, Sean. What do you think the problem was? She drugged him and his dick fell off. Travis Fieldgrove was her father. Didn't see that one coming. Melissa leans back in her chair. Didn't see that one coming. Listen to this fun one, Sean. So Samantha Kirshner... (laughs) (laughs) This is why I love doing stupid people. For anybody that questions, why are you doing this on a wrestling podcast? It's Apparently good. their dad liked doing stupid people too. Yes, he did. So get this. Samantha Kirshner had grown up without her father, right? She asked her mom, who's my dad? I want to get connected with them. Her mother connected them. For the first several years of their relationship, they had a normal father-daughter relationship. Somewhere along the way, not only did it turn sexual, they got married at a courthouse before a judge... And when Mr. Travis Fieldgrove, when he got arrested by police for incest, he said, uh, I don't think I'm her dad because my name's not on the birth certificate. Problem is, you don't need Maury Povich for this. There was a DNA test. He is the father. And so now... And the husband. How did, oh, God, I have so many the questions. The whole thing. <laughs> so now, Travis Fieldgrove and Samantha Kirshner, they both face a maximum of eight years in prison for incest. Now, this is going to be a meme, uh, Melissa. Look at him. That's going to be a meme right there. Where do I begin? Isn't that unbelievable? So, did the other sister end up having sex with him at all? That was not in the story, so I don't know. Terrible journalism. Shoddy. Got to find it out. (laughs) Uh, If you want to look up the Omaha World Herald, that's where the story was reported. Isn't that unbelievable? Man, and the the thing that we were talking about before we went on the air, that documentary, I thought it couldn't get any wilder. Yes. I I think we need to dedicate a full Stupid People Extended to that documentary. Yeah, we could do that. And and I wouldn't mind maybe contacting people from Netflix, see if they want to do a documentary about Samantha Kirshner and Travis Fieldgrove. You know? They might want to. Just leave it. Just do the one side, Sean. Oh, I was going to say just do the one side. It's a good look for you. Okay. All right, this next one, this was reported by WSPA out of Greenville, South Carolina on February 1st. It's, we're not going to be able to top the first one because that one no. was good. No. But, but here's another one. So one night, a couple of police officers, they were on duty and they were approached by a 32-year-old man named Justin Comer. All right? He said, hey, uh, my car won't start. It's around the corner. Would you mind giving me a jump? Cops go, oh, yeah, no problem. We'll help you out. They go around the corner and they, they give him a jump. One of the cops noticed that one of the guy's keys was cut off. Right? So the cop goes, uh, just kind of curious, you know, uh, do you have the ownership uh, for this vehicle? No. Guy didn't have the ownership. They ran a check. The car was stolen. So they arrest Mr. Justin Comer for, uh, for theft. Here's where it gets better. This is where it's, it's a good little segue. While the police are dealing with this guy, and you can imagine there was a commotion, right? And they're, they're probably sure. raising their voices. While all that's happening, two guys are walking by. They see the commotion, and they walk over to kind of see what's going on and to kind of interject. The police look at these two guys, and they recognize that one of those guys has an outstanding warrant for shoplifting. So in the same night, in the same night, they arrested 32-year-old Justin Comer for theft, and they arrested 55-year-old Michael Lewis for shoplifting. Same night, same time. Wow. Yep, it's pretty good. We're all still kind of processing the last yeah, one. We're trying to process the last one. <laughs> Did either of them bang their dad? <laughs> uh, I don't what's think... I should have built that to the main event because I don't know what's in the... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have left that for the main event because that's a good one. Right, but this last one is for the SRS file. Reported, right. reported by the UK Sun on January 31st. You know these beauty trends we talk about, Sean? And we've talked about different yeah, ones like the dog piss. That's well, remember, remember the that was for spiritual reasons, Sean. No, well, no, she claimed she claimed it was for yeah acne and stuff. Oh. But do you remember uh, like the cucumber in the vagina was one, and the vampire facial was another yeah. one, right? 
I'm thinking that we should start doing this thing where we send Melissa to get these done. Yes! <laughs> That's what I think we should do. And I'll pay for it. It won't cost you a dime. And we'll send you. So there's a new thing gaining popularity in Australia. It's called the O-Shot. Okay. Do you oh, have any idea, any idea what the O-Shot is, Sean? I have a guess. Yeah, I'm so sure you do. Shot in the asshole? You're not far off. Wrong. You're not far off. So what they do is they extract blood from the woman's arm. They spin it in that centrifuge machine thing and so that they can extract uh, high-quality platelet-rich plasma. And then they take that high-quality platelet-rich plasma, they put it into a syringe, and they inject it into the vaginal wall. And they call it the O-Shot. Uh, it costs $2,000 a shot. $2,000 a shot. They claim that it will increase lubrication, stimulation of the clitoris, and boost orgasms. And as you can imagine, according to several gynecologists, don't do it. It's going to cause trauma and damage to the vagina, including uh, nerve damage and long-term pain. Don't do it. What's the target age for this? What kind of dried-up old grannies they rocking with <laughs> there? That I don't know, man, but that's what's happening. The O-Shot. So maybe yeah. we will uh, maybe we will expense the O-Shot for Melissa. I'm good. I'll pass. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back to wrestling. In uh, in the U.S., when you watch Raw on Monday night or SmackDown on Tuesday night, do they have a new slam segment with Scott Stanford? I... I... I don't know. I don't. I haven't watched anything Scott Sanford's done in a while. Okay, so so in Canada and in other countries, during commercial breaks, during Raw and SmackDown, they have a new Slam segment, hosted by Scott Stanford, to put over local events, is to promote local events, right? So on Monday night, watching Raw here in uh, Toronto, Canada, new Slam comes up with Scott Stanford, where he just kind of casually mentions. That April 15th and 16th, when uh, WWE's taping TV in Montreal, Quebec, they're going to be doing the International Superstar Shake-Up. And it was so casually mentioned, like an afterthought almost, even though this is a pretty big deal. Talent's going to be swapping brands, and for the talent, it's a big deal, because some of them, they have their routines, and they ride with certain guys, and a lot of that gets screwed up when they do this. Um, but now it's come out. April 15th and 16th, they're going to do it. They're calling it the international one because it's in Montreal. But yeah. it's essentially just a superstar shakeup. What do you think of all that, man? About them, instead of waiting till like the week before to announce it, well, they, they've announced it two months in advance. Well, they announced it locally. They didn't announce it on TV, on their website. Or no, anything. but now it's out. Well, now it's, it's out, out now. yeah. But they did that with Becky and Asuka. They did that with uh, Naomi and Carmella being added to this tag match. And Becky and Sasha being in it, like, wait a day or two. Chill, guys. Like, (laughs) they should at least, and, 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 you know, Melissa can vouch for this. Like, you at least tell the people first. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I would tell Melissa before I decide, oh, hey, I'm going to move you to, uh, you know, the burbs. You're going to be in an office by yourself out there. Yeah. I would give her a heads up. I'm not going to. What wait am till, I, Sean? I wouldn't wait till the day of, and then I'm packing her desk up first thing in the morning. You know what I mean? Try, I'm trying to move to the burbs. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the the news? Uh, PW Insider broke the story. Jimmy Hart's going to be a two time Hall of Famer for the Original Hart Foundation, even though he kind of went in the first time because of the Original Hart Foundation, kind of. But now he's going to be a two time Hall of Famer because of the Original Hart Foundation. What do you think? And it's Brett's going to be Brett Hart's going to be a two time Hall of Famer. It's a waste to me. They could have inducted the '97 Hart Foundation, gotten Pillman in, gotten Davy Boy in, and a wink, wink, nudge, nudge way of getting Owen in without the pomp and circumstance. But everybody would have known he's in, and still got Jim in. That way, you have one induction for several people who have passed, four people who have passed. Natty can give the speech. Brett can give the speech. That's a wrap. I don't need Jimmy Hart up there. God bless his heart. <laughs> Shilling his fucking bar and grill. I don't need it. Uh, Jimmy's actually... I've talked to him on the phone. He's, he's a actually, very nice guy. I like he's a Jimmy. good guy. He's a he's good guy. He's always been nice to me. But yeah. if you've ever seen any of his speaking engagements recently, he's shilling that bar and grill. It, yeah. it, it upsets me more because I know how bad the family of Davey Boy Smith wants him in. Let me ask you this question. I understand about the Owen Hart aspect. I know that his wife won't give them, you know, the the rights to use him. I get all that. Do you think that aside from that, WWE doesn't want to touch the 97 Hart Foundation because with the exception of Bret Hart, they've all passed? 
and maybe it'll be a bad look that they've all passed except for Brett. Maybe. Uh, I think so, but I think that's the way that they should have done it to get him in, is just induct the Hart Foundation. And hey, if you want to include Jimmy Hart in that too, be my guest. But it feels a little odd to leave out Bulldog and Brian. I mean, they could still do that eventually if they want. They could yeah, still do it. I guess. What are you going to do? Make Bret Hart a three-time Hall of Famer? I mean, so here's the weird precedent they're setting with this, right? Because, I, I, again, Jimmy Hart's kind of in there because of the Hart Foundation the first time. So the weird precedent they're setting now is what if they were to decide to put the Brain Busters in? Does that yeah. mean Bobby Heenan is now a two-time guy? What if they decide to put the Heenan family in? Then is Bobby Heenan a three-time guy? You know what I'm saying? So they're, they're setting a weird precedence with it. I think if it was me, I would have just done Brett and Neidhart and not really worried about Jimmy Hart. But uh, it is what it is. Something else about the Hall of Fame, and I think it was Meltzer that said this, uh, WWE is apparently deprioritizing the Hall of Fame this year. They're making it a lower priority event. Should be um, a last year shit show. Well, so my question about that, obviously we know that it's going to be going on the same night as the Ring of Honor New Japan Super Show at MSG. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, uh, it seems to me like the reason that they're deprioritizing it is because they don't have a headliner, right? Like, they don't. Like, who's yeah. that Who's that big, major, main event headliner? It sounds like it's going to be the Hart Foundation. Really? Like, Bret Hart. Well, they could use The Undertaker. I think they have plenty of people who could do it. Yeah, but I don't think they have anything planned out. Uh, yeah, it's off the top of my head. I'm just like, who could it be? But... Yeah, I don't think they do, but I don't think so. I think that they they will have uh, they won't have a trouble have trouble doing it. Also, Brett's confirmed for Starcast now too. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about an that. interview with Conrad, which is up on Fightful Select right now for Tier Two members, where he talks about that process. But yeah, Bret Hart looks like he's going in again. Uh, I'll have to take a look at who's not in the Hall of Fame and see oh who should be in there, but. Off the top of my head, The Undertaker is is the clear one. The Rock is a clear one. Yeah. But but it comes down to when do they want to do it. I mean, this is not a WWE decision. Yeah, I think Kane will be one eventually. Look, Coco Beware was one. I mean mean a headliner. I think they'll treat Kane as a headliner, even though maybe he's not. Uh, Big Show will probably be one. So we're we're already talking like four years. That's loaded up right there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you broke a news story this week. Uh, I think Meltzer had previously reported that the next Saudi show was going to be early May. Uh, you broke the news that it's going to be May 3rd. And yeah. uh, I, I, I listened to a little snippet of Meltzer's podcast where he basically confirmed what you said. And uh, so we're doing this on February 6th. Tomorrow, February 7th, is going to be an interesting day for two reasons. First reason is this uh, AEW Double or Nothing ticket announcement party in Las Vegas which we can go into in a minute. But the other reason is because tomorrow WWE is going to be announcing their latest financials, mm-hmm. and we will have a better idea as to what they're getting paid for these Saudi shows because the last time mm-hmm. they reported, I think it was between 40 and $60 million, but people didn't know, was that only for the first show or was that for both for the year? Yeah. So now we're going to see, based on what they report, if they got that for one show or for both. If they got that for one show, Sean... That's insane. Even getting 20 to 30 for a show is oh, really yeah. good. But if they got 40 to 60 for one show, that's nuts. We'll have the best look at it, too, because Brandon Howard Thurston is going to cover it for Fightful. I'll actually be out of the office tomorrow, so the Slacker. the financials will be up. Yeah, financials will be up. But uh, in the future, I'm hoping to have, as you mentioned, Brandon on some sort of audio or video uh, to break that down. But he'll have that up. Uh, that will be an interesting day. And the AEW thing... We are planning on sending a freelancer there, kind of hashing out the details of that. Warren Hayes will be going live right after that and discussing what is announced there because I'm told there will be a special guest. Yeah, so what they've announced in the press release is uh, they're going to reveal spectacular new signings. That's a quote. Exciting new partnerships, ticket on sale information, and a surprise special guest. So I'll be honest if Randy Orton shows up. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Oh, that'd be great. Hey, that Melissa, be... you want to go to another Impact show? Yes. April 28th, they're back at Rebel Nightclub. Yeah? I'll go. I'll it's go. It's going to be the Rebellion <laughs> pay-per-view. I'm sure we can get her in. If we yeah. if we hook it up this time, you got to get some talent stuff, though. Mm. Otherwise, I'm not sending you. You have to get some talent stuff this time. What What would she ask them? Well, she's Melissa, so that would make it fun. Well, I'll <laughs> say this. Impact isn't exactly the best about providing talent stuff live at the venue. 
However, try. they may do a thing. Sometimes they do a thing where when they are in town the days before, they'll do that. So right. maybe you can make it work a Saturday, too. I mean, by then, we might have our new media room ready so we can have somebody come up to the media room. Yeah. Right? You going to fly me up to test out the media room? Yeah, that's what we'll do. So uh, <laughs> I know one more thing on my list that I wanted to kind of bring up because it's so sad. He's so did vibrating. You, did you hear about the Sandman? Whoa. Yeah. You heard about the Sandman? Yeah, he's on some reality show, right? It's going to be an event called Celebrity Boxing 67. Oh, yeah, yeah, Celebrity Boxing, duh. Celebrity Boxing 67, March 2nd, Atlantic City, New Jersey. 55-year-old Sandman is going to take on former two-time world heavyweight boxing champion Tim Witherspoon, who is 61. Well, how old Sandman? 55. Okay, he's getting his ass whipped. But Witherspoon's a former heavyweight boxing champion. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think Sandman could be 35 and he's going to get his ass kicked. Oh, for sure. Why would he? I realize he probably needs the money. Okay, New Jersey. Is New Jersey, do they they have to be sanctioned? Or or do you think they're getting this under entertainment? Ah, man. Because how is Witherspoon at 61 getting getting licensed? I don't know. That's weird. Can you look so, that up for me? I want to know yeah, if he has to get licensed or if they're if they're uh, deeming it entertainment. I'll ask Carlos Toro. It's just my God. It's so weird. That, it's such uh, a bad look, man. Such a bad look. They're going to have like two hundred fifty people there. Oh, yeah. I'll find out from Carlos because that is a little bit scary. Somebody could die. Yes, man. Yes. I mean, even at sixty-one, he could probably still throw a punch. Oh yeah. You know? yeah I mean, don't forget your technique. By and large, right, right, it's gonna be ugly. Where Sandman was never tough, even in his prime. You know, I, I just don't see the benefit of of that. I, I guess who? How many people are gonna pay for that? Are they headlining? I don't know. I don't know. I just uh, I actually heard about it because Tommy Dreamer posted it on Twitter, uh, along with the caption "OMG." <laughs> so, Tommy anyway. Dreamer DM'd me yesterday. What's that? Tommy Dreamer DM'd me yesterday. Oh yeah, how's he doing? Somebody said, oh, you should get Tommy Dreamer on a podcast. And I said, well, I mean, he keeps cutting these promos about how he hates skinny jean millennials. So <sighs> I wear skinny jeans on occasion. Probably is wouldn't he like going to be at the Impact event? No. Yeah, he, uh, works, he works there. He works there. Is he full-time? Like, would, would he be at the yeah. pay-per-view? Okay. He, I'll interview him if I could bring every up. Everybody I've ever talked to, they all love Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Everybody well, he, loves I'll him. wear skinny jeans. He messaged <laughs> me and said... I have, in fact, had heat with skinny jeans for years. And I was like, <laughs> all right, didn't follow me or anything. Awesome. Like, cool. Awesome. That's all I got, man. Some people extended after this. <sighs> Our review of, what? what's that movie? Hidden, Taken, in, Abducted in Plain Sight? Um, abducted in Plain Sight, Netflix. Mm. Check it out, people. We got to do that. I mean, it's so... Fr- I almost got violently frustrated. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted... I'll- to find the old man and punch him in the face yeah. and the, the wife and yeah. slap her in the mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of wanted to hit the daughter with a kick-wham stunner. I I'm mean, like, at least she was young, though. At least They she were young. all so dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not only that, the guy who orchestrated it all, yeah. he was dumb. Yeah. And he thought that would work. He just found the right family. He found the right family. The and actually, you can't family. call him dumb because he got off. Like, literally, but he also got off in yeah, terms of... Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. But also in Often. terms of the legal system. So, so. Let me Let me break this down for you guys in a quick preview. Homeboy... Don't give it away, Sean. Don't give it away. Yeah. Are we going to review it? Are we going to fully review it at some point? Maybe next at some week. Point. Maybe at some point. <laughs> that should be stupid people next week. Yeah. Just that review. All it right, ridiculous. guys. Yeah. Follow me, Sean Ross App. Follow Jimmy, JimmyVan74. Follow Melissa, IRL underscore tweener. <laughs> Follow us at Fightful Online. We out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.